this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. A weekly podcast talk show about the things that bring us together. Make us happy. Make us whole. Make us human. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. It's just us. We know how much you love us. (laughs) It really did feel like... I mean, it's so great to have guests, and we had two really wonderful guests. And also, mm-hmm. I was like, do you do you miss us? I know people do miss us. I know, I know you're out there that will skip episodes when it's not just us. They're out there, which is amazing because we just did an entire year where the only guest we had was that one time we had Casper on. Yeah, which was a great episode. He was worth it. He, he was, was worth being so... the only guest in 2020. But all of our guests are so great because you know why? We also are great interviewers. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not tooting my own horn. But like, you're I, not I just... kidding. Toot your own horn. We are. Good we are good interviewers, and I feel like everyone always feels so comfortable around us, and I just yeah, really so like people. if you haven't people. listened, if you're like, I don't really like listening to interviews, don't forget who you're talking about here, guys. It's Joy and Claire talking. Yeah. To inter- we're in- so, you, you know, think you've saying, heard it before. Back. You have not. You have not heard an interview by Joy and Claire. So go back. Listen, I think every single guest we have on is a really good guest. It's, I just really like the last two that we did, so go check it out if you haven't. We were just about to record and we were talking about Claire's squeaky chair, her squeaky office chair. And then we got into talking about how much we miss the days. Now I'm trying when... to squeak it and it's not. Now it's not going to do it. Now it's not going to do it. And how when we were 15, 16, when you're young, in your youth, when you could you could lay on a floor for overnight. and you would Like not... haven't we talked about how you slept on a floor the night before the first time you were in yes. the NAC Marathon? Yes. And it still baffles my mind. Like to this day, I'm like, how on I did it because I was 25. I still can't believe I'm such now I understand like as people get older, like how picky they are with certain things. I always made fun of those people. But I'm like, I am that person now of how I could never just sleep on someone's floor the night before running a freaking marathon. I remember asking my friend, this is like, okay, so young 20s, I didn't have a lot of money. So one of my good friends lived in New York City for quite some time. And so she had a bunch of friends there. And I was like, if I, if I buy your plane ticket, I don't know how this made sense to me. Her plane ticket was it was pretty cheap to fly there direct. And I was like, if I buy your plane ticket, let's like find can we like sleep at your friend's houses? And she's like, yeah, I'll totally make a trip out of this. So we like crashed it like a few people's flats, like such small spaces. And it was I mean, it was such a memorable trip, though. Like, I feel like those are the times when you're like, yeah, I could just easily sleep on someone's floor for five days and just be so happy traipsing around New York City. I remember being that tourist that I was so excited to go to H&M because we didn't have H&M in Denver at the time. Oh my gosh, yes. And H&M was huge. Huge. And I remember going to H&M, buying all these fun clothes. And I bought this huge, like, fuchsia pink tulle skirt. It was like, oh, this is totally my Sex in the City moment, being um, Carrie Bradshaw. Anyway, walking around yes. New York City with these huge H&M bags. We went to like an off-Broadway show. We went to a bar late at night. I think it was called like the Salon or something. Anyway, it was just so funny because I'm like, I would never, I'd be like, I need to go home and I need to rest for a while and I like need to put my bags down and I need to like change. And now, I, I mean, it's just so funny to think back of how I just could go all day and just carry like huge shopping bags to bags to every single thing we did that day. And now Claire I can't know, sit now in a chair. I can't. And now, you know, I go to LA with Joy. And if we are somewhere for more than like 20 minutes, I just see her start to, to shut glaze down. Over, yeah. I shut down. Yeah. And I'm like, I yeah, need a break. Glaze over. Right. We need you, to go I get need a, food. I need ice need cream a, or food. I need a $17 glass of juice. Yep. And I need it now. Mm-hmm. I need a frozen yogurt flavor you've never even heard of. Oh my gosh. Remember when we went to Jenny's and we had like the, it was like some rose sorbet. Yes, I do. Do you remember when Shane Farmer made us eat activated charcoal frozen yogurt and we had to pretend we liked it because Shane's so cute? <laughs> yeah, I told him. He was like, you guys are going to love this. And I was like, yeah, I love it. We'll do anything for Shane Farmer. I will do anything so for Shane Farmer, including eating coconut milk activated charcoal frozen yogurt and pretending to like it. <laughs> I'm going to send him this clip. Shane and I, after that trip, like became pretty close because <laughs> oh, I started doing so all his marketing funny. for Yeah, for all his marketing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to be like, oh, all right, Shane, so great. I have a secret to tell you. <sighs> that coconut milk activated charcoal ice cream was nasty. <laughs> so good. I didn't like it. But I did, I did like, like the Jennies. But I wanted you to think I was cool. And I did like the Jennies. Yeah. Which now you can get a Whole great. Foods. So I know. in the comfort of your own home. But now you can't sit on an office chair. No. Without no, 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 no. And like the squeaky. It was you said you were sitting on a bed and then your your back was hurting. Yes. I'm like, oh, man, 
Back I in know. the day, I could do that, but now. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm not 17 anymore. I can't just like sit on a bed all day with my legs crossed and not have back problems from it. Oh my gosh. That was last year. Like when we didn't know how long we were going to be working from home, I resisted for so long getting sure. a desk because before I had this like office room set up, I just was in the like, corner of my bedroom and I was like, there's nowhere to put a desk or a chair or anything. So I just sat on my bed for re- realistically like nine weeks and my back was so t- sore and tight all the time. I was like, what's the deal? So and finally, tense. yeah, finally I was like, Maybe it's because I'm literally sitting cross-legged on a mattress all day with a laptop on my lap. Ugh. It was done, yeah. guys. But you think back and you're like, oh, man, I used to fall asleep in the weirdest places in college. I could fall asleep anywhere. I could fall asleep in a chair just like sitting sideways. My roommates made fun of me all the time. One time when I was like 10 or 11, and granted, like children, you know, when you're a kid, it's a different story. Oh, when yeah. I was, like, you're, 10 or 11, you have no joints. You're just like so limber. Right. My aunt um, had this amazing, gigantic house in Montecito. She, like, lived down the street from Jeff Bridges, like, was not that far from um, Gail's house in Montecito. Gail? A Hollywood house in Montecito. Oh, my gosh. And she owned, like, a post-production company, one of the first post-production companies. Anyway, she was very Hollywood. And she had this party when I was, so if I was probably, like, 11 or 12, it probably was her, like, 50th birthday party. And there was a live band that she set up in her living room. There were fire dancers and fire walkers and all these things. I fell asleep in an armchair in the middle of the living room in the middle of a live band with fire dancers all around me. And I remember that everyone was like taking pictures of me. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, because you were a child. It's like, not like you were someone drunk passed out in the middle. No, of the right. Room. I was a 10 year old who was just like, I am going to sleep now. Thank you. <laughs> I'm very tired. Ugh. <laughs> uh. And then you get older and then you can't sleep. Like, do you sleep pr- pr- pretty well or do you have a hard time sleeping? I sleep really well. And it's um, something that I don't take for granted. Same here. I do not take it for granted. I sleep very well. And I Except really... that you wake up at like four in the morning. Yeah, but I go to bed at like eight. Yeah, that's true, I guess. <laughs> I sleep a good solid seven to eight hours every night. But I am always very concerned about people who don't sleep well. Like if yeah. I have a friend that's like doesn't sleep well, I'm like constantly trying to figure it out as if like they Jess, haven't been trying. Yeah, as if they haven't been trying to figure it out their entire life. And I'm like, I, I will crack this code. Like, tell me more. What is the issue with your sleep? <laughs> tell me why. Yeah. I know our friend Jess doesn't sleep well. And I'm always like, Jess, I'm worried about you. Yeah, I'm worried about you. Sleep is a big thing. Thing. It's a sleep big is deal. A big thing. Okay. Uh, Brandon also is not a great sleeper. Really? And I'm really grateful. He just like, he goes to sleep wh- fine. But if he wakes up, he has a hard time falling back asleep. Okay. I'm really grateful that our kids are, are sleepers like me and not like him. Right. Because our kids are actually also both pretty good sleepers. The thing that I found so helpful, I mean, not that anybody, if you're, if you have problems sleeping, like chronic problems sleeping, this probably isn't going to help you. But whenever we're traveling, which has it's been a while, but I love Brain FM. If I like wake up in the middle of the night, like when we had Cadet too, and you have to kind of like force yourself back to sleep, but it's like you could see yourself kind of staying up. Brain FM has been huge. It's an app. Oh, really? Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's like that binaural beats thing that kind of does some type of soothing sound that lulls you right to sleep. And it's great. Um, I've never tried anything like that, but this does sound nice. When I first found out I was pregnant with Miles, I was had a ton of anxiety. Okay, also remember when I found out I was pregnant with Miles, and then the next week my brother like went into a coma. Yep. So I don't know if I've ever talked about this before, but when I found out I was pregnant with Miles, a week later my twin brother um, had a TBI and was on life support for like several weeks and miraculously came out of it and is like mostly full functional today he is he's full he's completely independent he's fine you know he Mm -hmm, fully recovered mm -hmm. but there was you know like probably a three-week period in there where I was like newly pregnant dealing with my sibling being on life support and obviously wasn't sleeping great so I would just listen to Harry Potter oh yeah and that like would turn my brain off enough that I could finally fall asleep. It was very soothing. Yeah. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. So, okay. Since we have had guests on for the past few weeks, there are a couple of things that we haven't had time to talk about. And one of those things to take a very abrupt right turn in this episode, one of those things we haven't had time to talk about is the shooting that happened in Boulder. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you guys all know what we're talking about, but um, this was now about, what, three or four weeks ago, and gunmen walked into a King Supers, which is our Kroger, just like a grocery store chain grocery store mm-hmm. in Boulder, and um, Faley shot nine people and himself 
So, no, he he didn't, was, it wasn't no. himself. It was mm-hmm. 10 people. Sorry, you're right. It was. Te- I was thinking it was nine people plus a police officer, so 10 Correct. total. Yep. That's what I was thinking. I was yeah. like, there was like that 10th. And he's still around. He got. He was like captured alive in his underwear. Yeah. So he, we still like really don't have any information about his motives or anything. It seems like it was pretty much completely random. But it was very, very, very close to home, both literally and metaphorically. I mean, you guys know I've lived in Boulder my whole life. I've been to that King Supers probably a thousand times. It's like the hub of the shop. The shopping center is the hub of that whole neighborhood. And that is the neighborhood where I went to high school. And so I still have dozens of friends who have family in that neighborhood. Um, Unfortunately, one of my classmates who I went to high school with, her mom was one of the victims. There was another classmate or another girl who was a couple years younger than me in school who her dad was killed like just people oh. who you know and I remember was talking to somebody I was like you know we know so, one of my close friends who you know I went to high school with and we were talking about oh it would have been a miracle if we hadn't known anybody but like what a crappy feeling to feel like oh it would have been oh, a miracle yeah. if I hadn't right. known somebody who got shot while they were grocery shopping and it's just so so it was just so intense and I think it was and still is this just horrible feeling of like what what is safe you know is there anything that we can do that's truly safe is there anywhere we can go where we don't have to worry about this and you take this place like a grocery store you know like if you guys are can think back to when you know being in high school and I'm sure there was a grocery store or a 7-eleven or yeah the place that you always went to yeah where's that place that like that that parking lot where you went to this was that this grocery store was that place was that for you yeah yeah and so you know it just is really like how do you think about the the repercussions of that like when you have this like very safe space in your mind that or something like this happened well and the other thing that is probably on a lot of people's minds is oh you know you always wonder what if that happened to my hometown because you always in the back of your mind are like what we all go to that place of what it would what if it were me what if that was my hometown and because it often feels like we talked on the show with Bree was it is a very small percentage of mass shootings but when you see that, you automatically think about what if it were you, and then you start to calculate, at least I do, I know a lot of people do, calculate the likelihood of that happening in your hometown. You just have to like, you start to do that because our brains are wired to protect. And so we kind of think, okay, I, I mean, what are the chances of that happening in my hometown? So when it does... Yeah. Right. It was like, I mean, you know, you think, oh, what if that was you? And for me, this time, it was so, I didn't have to make any leaps to imagine what it would have been like. Right. You know, it was like, yeah, I've been in that store. My parents have shot. My friend, you know, my best friend's parents go there all the time. My best friend's husband's family lives right down the road. My boss's boss lives behind, you know, one of my closest mentors, her parents live so close by that they could hear the gunshots, you know, and like, there just isn't apart from it truly literally impacting my family apart from me actually being close to someone who was killed like this is the closest you can get Mm -hmm. and so it it really was like that that easily could have been my mom and not just from an abstract like oh it could have been anyone's mom but like a no no it really could have been it really could have been my mom yeah yeah Yeah. and you know the the thing that always happens after something like this is to go How do we prevent this in the future? I just have noted, at least for our local stations, and I actually haven't seen much on the national stations because I do love Lester Holt. I do love my Lester Holt nightly news, but I have not seen much on the national news circuits that there's been attention paid to the gunman. And nothing has been on our local news about the gunman. And I really... At least the stations I watch, I'm a huge fan of Nine News. I love Kyle Clark. I love his whole, like, next... It's, we know how you feel about Kyle Clark. I love Kyle Clark so much. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm just laughing because Scott and I are, like, just so in love with Kyle, Kyle Clark. But I have not seen anything on the news about the gunman. It's all about the victims. And I'm like, this is such a change from all the times we've seen that gunman's face and the picture plastered on the news. And then who knows if the next one takes that as inspiration to be like, I'm going to be famous. Who knows? 
But I just really appreciate because media, this is where media has so much power over what comes next and how we perceive what happened and giving these victims and the, vic- and the victims' families a name and a story. And like these, and they've been, pro- they've been profiling these victims, the shooting victims, so intensely that it's mm-hmm. like, this is what I need to see. I want to see, I don't need to see the horrible person who did this. I need to see the people whose lives were beautiful and loved and, you know, had dreams and goals and they were cut short. I right. mean, it's really sad, but like those are the things we need to see, not this horrible person. I think the other thing too, you know, that obviously is the the gun rights piece about it. And the fact that Boulder County had an, a, a ban on assault rifles that the NRA sued the city for, not the county, city of Boulder, mm-hmm. sued the city and won 10 days prior to this. And the gunman went out and bought the weapon six days prior. So this was a direct result. Yep. And again, you know, not saying that, oh, they couldn't have bought it somewhere else. They couldn't have gone to a, ne- right. a nearby city or county or whatever. But like, when you look at the timeline, it's pretty hard to argue with that. And it's pretty hard to say this couldn't have been prevented because mm-hmm. it seems like the, that timeline is pretty linear and pretty obvious. Right. And, you know, that that's I feel like that is the hardest thing for me when I talk to people who are very, very pro-gun rights very from like an NRA standpoint of like no like you know we deserve unfettered access to guns effectively is like well you know if if somebody's going to commit a crime then what's what's stopping them from going out and illegally getting guns and it's like what's stopping any of us from out and illegally That's doing the anything stupidest argument by the way it and i hear crazy. that all the time where it's like yeah. they're just going to go get it illegally and it's like are you kidding me that is your argument so you're saying right. That you would rather just leave it as is and potentially kill more people than to just take a take a shot. No, no pun intended. I really did not mean that. But like take take a gamble here that it could save lives. You're you're more willing to be so stuck on your gun protection. I think the thing like I, you posted something on Facebook on your personal Facebook that somebody commented and was like, you know, gun access is not the issue. Mental health is the issue. And, you know, your response always that is like, fine. Tell me what you mean by that. Tell but me, I think please. more than that, what I my response to that person was like, at this point, I'm willing to try to see if gun access is yeah, the issue. I'm willing. Why to try. have we decided as a society that we have to know that what we try is 100 percent going to work before we're willing to try it? And it feels like gun control is one of the few areas where we have accepted that, that we have accepted that, oh, we can't do anything unless we know it's going to work. That's not how solving problems works. That's not how solving complex issues works. You don't get to wait until you know you have, no pun intended, the silver bullet before you even start trying things. And that is really how we, on a national level, definitely Mm -hmm. have approached it they're like well we wouldn't we don't know for sure that that would work so we're not going to try like it's well, just, how does I, it make I, any I, sense and i really remember the marjorie marjorie stoneman douglas Mar- I, I was thinking it was marjorie taylor green who is the no marjorie stoneman douglas high school thank yeah. you yeah the marjorie's yeah the marjorie stoneman douglas high school kids when i, I just want to replay this again because they had a town hall with the high school kids the surviving high school kids the kind of the faces of that movement when it happened and the, I don't know, the head of the NRA, I don't know what her title was. She was disgusting. She just made herself, she made herself look like a fool. And they were just basically saying, you know, why, kind of what you were saying is like, why don't we just try this? And it all goes back to, well, guns aren't really going to kill people. It's like the bad people kill people. And right. it's like, if we don't stop that argument, I really want to understand why we can't get to an agreement of at least just like, making background checks really strict, making sure that you have some type of like checks and balances of like whose hands these are getting into. Why do we have assault rifles? Like, why do we have bump stocks? Like, why do we, you know. And then when you say, oh, it's not, you know, explain to me what you mean by it's a mental health issue. It's not just a mental health issue. And people come back and say, oh, so mentally healthy people do these things. Yeah, exactly. Which is also stupid. Because I'm like, no, do you think I'm stupid? I would never think that a mentally well person is going right, to A shoot. rational human that is, is going to be like, that this is, is also a, a weak argument. Like, don't come at me yeah. and say, Oh, you think so? Yeah, which was just ridiculous. It's like, are you kidding me? No, of course they're not mentally well. But I'll say it again. If you think that mental health is going to solve the problem of people dying by guns, I really want to know what you mean. Because I work in mental health. What happens is if you see someone who has homicidal ideation, meaning they're thinking of killing someone, you can ask them all the questions in the book. 
They could lie to you. They could never come back. You could tell them, I'm really concerned about you. They're never going to enter into treatment. It's like trying to glue jello to the wall. Like you can't get them all. And nine times out of 10, the people who are the most unwell are not engaging in treatment. What do you want to do? Make everybody go to therapy for five years when they're 10? Like, what do you what do you mean by mental health? If you want to throw right, more money at mental health, by all means, I will right, take I'm it. I'm not saying no. Well, and I think like that, I remember when the Parkland shooting happened and Glennon Doyle, who lives in that area, was talking about that. And she was like, if you think it's a mental health problem, great. Let's solve mental health in America. If you think it's a gun problem, great. Let's solve, you know, let's solve gun yeah. rights issues in America. Right. Stop arguing about where to start and somebody just start doing something because we are losing lives every day yeah. because no one is willing right. to do anything. Right. And that's fine. If you think, if you want to put your flag but in the sand and say, still. I refuse, right, I refuse to like accept that changing access to guns would solve this problem, then fine. Go forth and make a plan for addressing mental health then. What does that look like? What, what does, does that, that mean? mean? Because there are plenty of people out there who can tell you what it looks like and what it means to you know, have more comprehensive background checks, to have waiting periods, to have all these things in place. You know, There are a lot of things out there that people have clearly proposed. This is what we think would work. Mm-hmm. This is what other countries have done that has worked mm-hmm. when it comes. And that's the other thing too, is it's like, we're the only first world, you know, westernized nation in the world where this happens. We are not the only first world westernized nation in the world that has mental health issues. We are the only one that has access, personal access to guns like we do. And anything else, any other type of epidemic, any other type of social issue, you would look at those variables and realize, okay, this is the X factor. But again, we refuse to do that here because of the national conversation around the Second Amendment. It's the, yep, it's the national conversation around the Second Amendment and politicians who have made it popular to have that be such a a hot button issue that it just fires everybody up. My hope is that we can steer away from those types of politics where it's just like either or, like you said, why aren't we working on one? I mean, heck, if we're just not going to make any movement with gun control and by gun control, we're not talking about everybody get their guns taken away. If you want to literally no one is saying that literally Literally no no one one is saying that like understand, please go read what gun control actually means. And get Lauren Boebert out of office (laughs) (laughs) because that is the problem it's people like that from yeah western slope right she's ridiculous people are like are you guys this woman's from Colorado like listen the town the main town that's in her like that's in her district the name of the town is Rifle yeah and she owns a restaurant called like Shooters or something (laughs) so bad guys anyway anyway so but all that to say that you know i think listen learn read and it was just so intense to have that happen in my community and in my backyard and in my home and to feel like you know if you i think we do always have that moment of this could have been me or this could have been my town and then it finally was my town and it almost was me and it really did feel like not just oh abstractly that could have been my mom but like no really that could have been my mom as we're talking i'm not even joking you as we're talking, I don't want to hear it. CNN on my wristwatch on my Apple watch, it says one person is dead, an officer is injured, and one person is in custody after a school shooting in Knoxville, Tennessee. Knoxville police say that multiple agencies are at the scene of a shooting at Austin East Magnet High School. What the actual bananas? Like, I, I'm so angry that I can't say anything more and about this thing, because I'm not going to The thing, be... like, no. And with the Boulder shooting, I mean, the week before it was the shootings in Atlanta. Since then, there have been other shootings with more. I mean, there was another shooting. I can't even think. I can't even recall all of right. them. And it's horrible that I can't recall them because these are people's families and communities. Right. And they're happening so frequently and with such again, no pun intended, rapid rapid fire, that like you can't even process them and move on. You have to just let them kind of bounce off you. And I think that's the other issue is like at an emotional level, almost have no choice but to normalize it because you can't grieve every single one or you would never be able to live your life. And that's horrible. I'm just at a loss. I'm just at a loss. All right, well... That covers my recent thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it's really, you know, so here's the thing, too. I was called to go to the CU Boulder Police Department. Some of the first responders are connected with Canine Companions. So we brought all of our dogs over the first responders. It was wonderful. And it was five minutes from the grocery store where this happened. And I debated and I debated because I'm just like, oh, do I want to go there? It's a it's a memorial site now. And I was just like, you know what, Joy, I'm going to go there with Cadet. I had Cadet with me and 
I'm going to go there if there's a place to park because I didn't want to be like disrespectful. So it's like a huge crowd. I'm not going to be disrupting that neighborhood even more. I found a place to park. Cadet and I walked up and down the street. We saw the, that's like the huge chain link fence where they had hundreds of bouquets and signs. And it really was just a beautiful feel for something so tragic. Like you could see like there's a car in the parking lot with a, you know, the windshields blown out. You know, you see the aftermath, but you see also this wall around it. And I heard on our beautiful Kyle Clark show that one of the victim's uh, partners was like, you know, people were kind of debating whether or not those memorials are helpful. And, you know, just it wasn't a debate. It was just like a discussion. He said, you know, I really am so glad that it's there because I don't have to see the place where my wife died. Like it's a barrier around it. And it's this beautiful memorial. And I mean, just so many cards and flowers. And of course, it's Boulder. So people are so artsy and awesome and like writing these cool poems. And, you know, then it's political posters saying, you know, why are we doing this again? Why can't we have, you know, the the whole call call to action for the government to do something. And it just felt really good to be around people, um, you know, especially with this pandemic. I was just like, it was outside. It was a beautiful day. People came up to Pet Cadet. They didn't even talk to me. They were, you know, I, and I didn't want them to, but it's just like, that's the beauty of just like having her with me or people just needed to pet her. And then you'd have like small conversations and talk to some of the news people. And then you just keep walking. But it was just like, you needed to feel that grief within the community, like you're kind of all grieving together, even though you're not directly, you know, related to the victims, but it's just the whole city is just grieving. And you just feel that special vibe of Boulder. Like if you haven't been to Boulder, there's just nothing, there's no place like it. And I think too, just the the taint of that, like it's tainted. I think that everyone is just kind of mourning in so many different ways. I can't explain it. It was really beautiful and sad and tragic. And now we have another shooting that I haven't read because we're doing a podcast, but this is just has to stop. So, you know, what do we do next? What are the actions? You know, please go on to mom's demand action. I sign up for their texts all the time. They do like a little like text messages. If there's something in your area that you can sign up for Um, a letter that you can send to your representatives, to your legislators, like do something, get involved. Okay. So the other um, like wildly controversial thing that I hopefully I wish that gun control wasn't wildly controversial, but it is. But the other much more controversial maybe thing that I wanted to talk a little bit about as we're all starting to get vaccinated and I have my first dose of the vaccine, Colorado opened up vaccine access to everyone over is it over 16 or over 18 uh i think it's over 16 now i think it's over 16 now yeah so that was fairly recent so now that vaccine access is becoming much more open to everyone i am definitely seeing a lot more conversations around the difference and i've been seeing this this whole time but i think now that it's becoming more the reality that people are actually in the moment of having to make the decision instead of it being this sort of like abstract in the future i'll have to decide Mm mm-hmm One thing that I wanted to talk about is the difference between sort of being quote unquote anti-vax and like, you know, really when I think of anti-vaxxers, I sort of think of like conspiracy theory and misinformation and like versus being somebody who is skeptical of the system or skeptical of the science. Right. And I think for me, a big thing that I've realized in the last couple of weeks is that like I remember when we had that episode with JK where he was talking about, you know, like he has his Help Me Understand podcast. Right. And one thing we talked about was this assumption that a lot of us have that like not only do I like if I disagree with you, I will have a conversation to explain my viewpoint. But at the end of the day, I'm really coming from the place of like, I will explain this to you because I think that once you understand me, you're going to change your mind. Change your mind. Right. And that that so many of us sort of pretend to be open minded about having these conversations when right. in reality, we're not we're <laughs> truly trying to change them's mind. And it just made me think that like, when it comes to vaccines, and people who are skeptical of vaccines, and particularly the COVID vaccine, I really started thinking every anyone who's against the vaccine is against the vaccine because of misinformation. Uh, well, and there's also the black community who has a no, no, no. So I, I'm okay. saying this is my these were my beliefs. Oh, oh got it, got thinking. it, got it. Okay. So I was thinking, like anyone yeah i mean i know like the black community has a whole you know history of i mean horrible medical misinformation being and 
particularly the vaccines. But when I'm thinking, okay, kind of like the, you know, wellness influencers or whoever that I'm seeing who are anti-COVID vaccine, they are like that because they're getting bad, bogus info. You know, they think it's going to have a microchip. They think that it's going to change their DNA. They think it's going to make them infertile. They think Bill Gates planned the pandemic so that he could implant 5G internet into our bodies. You know, whatever the case may be. That was sort of the story that I had in my head of like, the only reason that you would be against this vaccine is because you believe a conspiracy theory. Sure. Uh, sure. And, you know, or maybe you are part of the tiny, tiny percentage of society that truly has like a known medical, you know, you're allergic to mRNA or, you know, I mean, that's an extreme, an extreme simplified example, but you know what I mean? You have a known autoimmune thing that makes it really dangerous for you to take vaccines. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, anyone who is skeptical and not going to get the COVID vaccine, it's because they are believing bogus info. Mm -hmm. And the more that I hear from different people in my life and really take the time to listen, I have realized that that's not necessarily the case. Of course, it's not because, you know, of course, it's not. Mm -hmm. But I'm just being transparent here about what I was thinking. And that a lot of people right now are finding themselves in this really tricky position of this public discourse around vaccines being so like, you know, when in your life ever have you asked someone like, oh, are you vaccinated? Oh my gosh, I'm getting vaccinated. Oh, you know, here's my picture of my vax card. Like, and now people who, for whatever reason, are not interested in getting vaccinated, are distrustful of the medical system, are concerned about side effects, are, you know, thinking about the long-term implications that we don't know about. For them, the risk reward of getting, not reward, risk management or risk analysis of getting COVID, you know, just doesn't hit as close to home, whatever the case may be, they're now in this weird position of like feeling shamed for having those questions. And I don't really have like an answer for, okay, so here's now what we do now. But I've just been really thinking about that. Like I had to challenge my beliefs that the only people who didn't want, who weren't like rushing out to get the vaccine were doing it because they thought, you know, it was going to give them bodily Wi-Fi. Right. And that there are a lot of people out there who have legitimate questions, but are feeling really shamed about asking those questions. Right, because if you're you're just kind of lumped up, it's just kind of similar to people who are all about Trump. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I have an assumption about you. When not necessarily, maybe there's just politics that people who are Republican really like. And it's not like they're all for Trump. It's kind of similar with people who are scared of vaccine doesn't mean they're anti-vaxxers, which, you know, I also think like, let's, let's not put a title on them. People who question something that they're putting into their body, they have a right to ask that question. And it all of a sudden yeah. becomes a, a team. You're either pro-vaccine or you're not, you're, or you're against it. I think it's a really good question because when have we just stopped being able to be like, you can ask the question and you can get informed without being attacked for being like, oh, you must not, you don't trust science. Right. And I think that there is also the very serious reality that we need X percent of the population to get vaccinated if we want to come out on top of this pandemic right. and that like we as a whole society right. need to sort of agree that like, hey, almost none of us are like, woohoo, I have absolutely no hangups on this whatsoever. And I'm totally positive that this is going to be fine. And I don't care about side effects. And I don't care about, you know, whatever. I think a lot of us have done everything we can to get the information that we feel is helpful to us. And also, what a weird year where we've been getting our medical information from the news. Yeah. Like, I'm really ready for that to be over. Yeah. But it does make, you know, it just makes it so much more like it's so impersonalized. And so. Well, and there's, okay. And there's also inherently the news is not trusted. I'm just saying, like, people always go, well, is this really true? Like, it's not always... They're only telling you what they want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then politics and politicians and, you know, Fauci, even though he's awesome Fauci, he's in the White House and people have feelings about the White House. So you right. can't... Right, even though he's yeah. a lifelong, you know, this is his career. Yeah, like lifelong he also, career. Right. He also, you know, is inherently involved in politics. Yeah. And yeah, I think that, you know, there's just like I've been trying to figure out how do I have that conversation and like allow for that space of the doubt and of the questions while still firmly believing that like the majority of us need to sort of just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And 
also, I know that, you know, obviously Brandon's nurse, obviously you work in healthcare. So like for us, it's never really been a question of whether or not we would get vaccinated. It's never really been a question of, you know, we've just been at such a high risk for this whole past year that the moment it was available, it was like, of course, this is such a relief to me. The risk I've been at and my whole family has been at for the past year has been just so stress inducing and insane. Mm -hmm that I would do anything to get out of that scenario. Right. But a lot of people feel the opposite. They're like, you know what? We made it work this past year and we don't have high risk people in our immediate circle or, you know, my family is at peace with what what the risks are and, you know, we're not worried about it. I don't understand that viewpoint. It's not a viewpoint I can empathize with really at all because for me, like the risk has felt so immediate and like knocking on my door every day. But I'm just trying to have more of an open-minded position about the people who are, like, of not just immediately jumping to conclusions about people who are still not sold. I think that's a good practice for a lot of things, (laughs) to just be like, let me, help me understand. I'm just going to quote JK this entire episode. Like, help me understand. Um, And it's, for me, I uh, have been working at the vaccine clinics, and I've seen hundreds and hundreds of people get the vaccine with you know, at least the days that I've been there, not one person having an adverse reaction, not a one, even for people coming to get the second dose are like, oh my gosh, I had such a bad, you know, and normally they want to tell you everything. They want to talk to you. Um, it's just nothing but a positive experience and people who are so excited to get it and have a good experience with it. So just, you know, everybody is going to come around to their own decisions, whether they get it or not. But I think what has been difficult for this pandemic is what someone referred to as a group, like a huge group project with the entire world, where some people feel like they're doing something to move it forward and move us past the pandemic. And then we look at people having huge parties in Florida and we're like, ugh, you just ruined everything that I'm trying to do, you know? So it's like really hard because we all want to judge and point fingers and blame. And, you know, it's, it's really been difficult. I think it brings a lot of anger and judgment for sure. I don't really have, you know, a wrapped up bow of that. I think that I have been really in the, the way I I have talked about it and the way I've been thinking about it has been like, I don't want in a way, like, I don't even want to leave room for questions because I so badly want to get this over with. And I know that like for better or worse, this is the only chance we have. And, you know, again, like I think that when it comes down to it, if we had another solution, I would be all for it. But we don't. This is the solution that we have to work with. And I'm I'm willing to do that, you know, and and I think I've been so in that mindset of like, don't ask questions, just get this fixed. Right. Just get this fixed so we can move on. Exactly. And so but now that it's been open up to that many more people, and I think people are really having to like get, you know, it's not, oh, I'm not eligible yet. It's like, no, I'm I'm everyone, not planning on getting vaccinated. Yeah, everyone's pretty whoever, eligible, you know. you know, in most areas. And now it's kind of like, yeah. It's coming down to that personal choice. And I'm really having to open my mind into having those conversations with people who and people who are close to me in my life, you know, potentially like close friends or whoever. And it's like if they have that answer of no, we're not. My family's not planning on getting vaccinated. I can't have a knee jerk reaction of like, oh, where's your tinfoil hat? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even though I want to. Do, yeah, even <laughs> though you bit. want to. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really it's been a hard year of conversations of trying to understand. It really I has. just want like a year where we're not getting medical advice no. from and the we news, don't have to where like, nobody gets shot that yeah. we're that while they're grocery shopping. Where like I just wanna I saw this great reel, it was like a TikTok. Which, first of all, can I just say that I really appreciate that all of, like, the best of Twitter and the best of TikTok ultimately ends up on Instagram, so I can just yeah, consolidate my... I, I deleted <laughs> both of our Twitter accounts, by the way, everybody. Oh, yeah, bye. I am doing a we mass never used them. exodus of social media, and this is... That felt so good. Anyway, yeah. continue. I mean, we never, we never tweeted. No, we but, never did. And I saw... Uh, anyway, so, yeah, on Instagram, I saw a reel that was from TikTok, and it was this guy that was like, I can't wait to stop panicking every day about the pandemic so that I can go back to panicking every day about climate change. And I was like, I kind of feel that I way. Like, feel I'm that excited way. to like... Right. Because we were panic absolutely... about something that I want to panic about. <laughs> Remember when we had Mark on from Thailand? Oh my gosh, we, and were, we were I was just like, all about regenerative it. agriculture is my right jam. right before the pandemic. Yes, it was. It was right Which, before. Which, speaking of Mark, he is him. wonderful. And we have been talking to him about potentially having a conversation on the podcast about like what it was like to go through COVID in, in Thailand. And I actually feel like it might be cool because I know we have a lot of listeners from all around the world to like do a couple mini conversations into yeah. one episode of like what, it was what was like pandemic in their life area. like 
in Thailand, in Dubai, in Sweden, in Japan, you know, places where we know we have these different listeners. So yeah. if that's something you'd be interested in, let us know. Or just send us a voice memo. Let's bring some voice memos back. Let's like, tell us what it was back. like. Because scheduling with people all over the country is Slash all world, over the world by definition. is very difficult. <laughs> Okay, so there you go. Great idea. Send so us a if voice you memo. want, please send us. It can be a couple minutes long because yeah. we can stitch these together into like a bonus episode. Yeah, we'll allow Tell, longer than a yes. minute for these. You know, maybe four or five minutes. Maybe talk about just how the pandemic shook out in your town and in your country. Yeah. And if you have a reference point of knowing anybody in the United States um, and how that situation all was happening at the same time maybe you know relate it back to the u.s so that we all kind of know so because most of our um listeners are based in the u.s we can have like a little bit of a baseline yeah that would be really interesting i want to hear from all corners all corners of the earth (laughs) please couldn't have been worse than what we did anyway although you know some things like okay for example maxine our au pair you know she's from brazil and they've had a really you know, very similar political climate to the U.S. Mm -hmm. with their president being sort of a COVID denier and an anti-vaccine and, you know, all that. On top of that, something that she talked about early on in the pandemic that I thought was really interesting and that I completely take for granted is that in Brazil, most people don't have Wi-Fi in their house. Or maybe not most people, but like, it's not that common. Not common. To have, you know, maybe you live in an apartment building that has like like a area that has wi-fi in a common area or you know you don't necessarily have like streaming quality internet in your home you have you know just enough to kind of like check your email and do some stuff but not enough to video chat all day every day and i realized like well i completely take for granted that so many areas of the u.s have really high quality internet and then of course you know we heard quite a lot at the beginning of the pandemic about should internet be seen as a basic need utility because there are so many areas in rural america and in you know inner city areas and in lower income areas that don't have good access and when we all went into being at home that it really became obvious that internet is just as critical as electricity right if you want to you know for survival in a situation like this, but it was just interesting to me to realize that like there are a lot of things I take for granted and I'm like, yeah, the U.S. had it the, as worse as possible. But like actually, you know, there are a lot of things that could have made it Yeah, <laughs> I would love to hear from everybody about what their experience was and just backing up for a second about how we were talking about judgment and how this whole year has really put us into judging one another really strongly is I, because my family's all vaccinated, I decided to plan a trip to see my brother and my sister-in-law and my nieces and my nephew in May. Because once I heard the CDC say that it's like, you can, it's, I don't want to say that they like, said it's okay, but they're like, you can travel if you're fully vaccinated, wear a mask. I decided to book a trip to see my family because I am so excited to see them. It's been over a year, over a year and a half since I've seen my nieces and my nephew who just turned 15 and I want to cry about it. And that's something where I was thinking about like, yeah, even like two months ago, I was just like, I can't believe people are traveling and like how we are going to make our decisions on our own. And it's everyone's living their life. Please like everybody just do the best we can with this huge pandemic. But when I heard the CDC say that they are okay with people traveling, I was like, okay, I feel good with that because that's just how I live my life. I'm a rule follower. And it's not to say that everyone who traveled during the pandemic before that was like not a rule follower, but I think it's just hard when we're trying to move forward to be like, oh, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. You hear messages of people being like, you're not there yet. But, you know, I could come back and they could be like, wow, things are really bad. You shouldn't have traveled. <laughs> and on that topic, we are truly in the planning. deep in the research planning very mode deep of in the our, research yes of our first post-pandemic podcast trip and i think we okay so we asked some questions on instagram stories last week and i think we're gonna keep this first trip somewhere in like the central america mm-hmm. zone a lot of you guys wanted to go to like fiji bali like 15 plus hour plane ride and i'm all for that joy is gonna be a tougher sell so it might be just like a Claire and podcast friends trip to Bali in like 2023. But we're thinking probably um, spring 
or very early summer 2022, most likely Central America, we are going to try to give you guys as much heads up and additional like pre-information as possible. The group that we used to do our custom trips with doesn't do custom trips anymore. We were like one of their last ones um, for our Iceland trip. So we are, if you have a great custom trip company that you have gone on a trip with them before or that you've even worked with before, we would love some recommendations. Please send them our way. And yeah, I'm just, I just want to go somewhere with my friends. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. And it's just so fun to kind of like dream about that and see the trips and hear people when you did that online little survey of where people want to go. I'm like, oh, people would actually go travel and they're really excited to travel. And this would be such a fun trip. I I can only imagine how excited we all would be if we got to travel together. So really excited to hear your ideas. Send them our way. Yes, all right. absolutely. Oh my goodness. I feel so like we've covered week. so many like We really have. Heavy stuff in this. happens. We dove Life right can in. be heavy, but we'd love to hear what you guys think. If you want to hear other topics in the coming weeks, please email us. This is Joy and Claire at gmail.com. We read every single one of your emails. And you can find us on social media, Joy and Claire underscore on Instagram. We're off Twitter. That's gone. We barely use Facebook. I would like to say that I am very much considering a social media cleanse, if you will. It's just, I was thinking about the other day. I was just thinking about the other day where I was like, it doesn't bring anything really substantial to my life. If anything, it makes me sad. (laughs) It helps us find, it helps other people, it helps new people find us. Yeah. And you know, that's one of our number one priorities for this podcast. And if it wasn't one of our number one priorities, we would have been off Instagram forever ago because, you know, we love sharing our lives with you, but I think there are other ways for us to do that. And I just, we have yet to come up with the best way to help other people find us. Do you want to close with going back over some really old would you rathers and seeing if our, um, these are all in our Instagram story highlights. So if you want to play along, you can. We have a would you rather highlight. And I mean, this is from like three years ago. Wow. So I think we should revisit. Okay. Yeah. Let's see if my answer is the same. Would you rather live in an igloo with all your friends or on a beautiful island by yourself? Oh, beautiful island by myself, please. I would way rather live in an igloo with my no friends. No way. I'm, I'm alone. <laughs> I read all the books growing up. Like there was, I don't know what books they were, just fictional books about people on islands. It was just, that's all I was drawn to. And Nancy Drew. I was reading Nancy Drew when I was very young. Okay. Would you rather be a backup dancer for your favorite singer or a stunt double for your favorite actor? Oh my gosh. Backup dancer. I know. You would definitely put backup dancer. I still dancer. have a I dream of being too. in a backup dancer. I mean, and I'm 43. I'm like, really, that dream's gonna not possible. But I, I don't know. My, one of my dreams is to be a backup dancer in a music video. Maybe if you get to be like eighty, I could see them. I could see like a an artist doing a backup That's doing true. a music video with like a bunch of eighty. And they're like, be, I would watch. It's that. her lifelong dream. Let's make it happen for her. For her, yeah. Okay. Okay. Would you rather climb Mount Everest or run across America? Uh, you know, I just saw. Those both sound like horrible options. I know they sound. Well, I was the Mount Everest. I just saw a news story about this, and it just looks so. It looks so intense. I feel like running across America, I could I could like run and like go to fun bars and then like eat pl- at places and I could just, just run between yeah, pizza. Stores. That's what I would do. Yeah, I, I think that'd be fun. That'd be enjoyable. Yeah, I know it doesn't put a timeline on running across America. It yeah. could take years. Yeah, so I'll take my time and I'll just run to restaurants. Climbing Everest sounds horrible. Did you see that story? Like before, was it before COVID when people were like stuck? on the trail to get to the top of Mount Everest. Yeah. And people oh, were like and then dying? did you hear how they were going to solve that problem? How? They're not, they're not actually addressing the problem. They're banning photography. <gasps> what? Because it was such a controversial photo. Well, yeah. People were saying that they were like stepping over dead bodies. I'm like, what? I mean, that always happens. You, what? You all, like you can't, you can't evacuate dead bodies on Everest. If you die, you leave. They get, <gasps> people are left. You didn't know that? No. If you die on Everest, they leave your body. And then like the following season, they can try to come back and evacuate part. I mean, because like if you're up there, if you're at 20 plus thousand feet, you yourself are in such a state of like rapid deterioration that there's you can't carry someone else's body back down. That's why people die up there is because you can't evacuate. Oh, my gosh. I never knew that. That's crazy. And so sad. I'm not making light of it at all. I'm just like, holy cow. Yeah, that's insane. Okay. okay. Would you rather have a personal stylist for your wardrobe or your house? Wardrobe. House. Definitely house. Okay. Would you rather be able to read your partner's mind or have them be able to read your oh, mind? my partner. He doesn't need to see what's going on up here. Yeah, absolutely. My husband would probably be like, video games, Pearl Jam, video games, Pearl Jam, basketball. <laughs> like, that's all it would be. It'd be so cute. I want to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, would you rather be an athlete in the winter or summer Olympics? Summer. I feel like winter. I want to be like I a wanna, bobsled. I want to be a lizard in the sun. I just want to be in be the sunshine. <laughs> That's a w- summer Olympics, Joy. Yeah, I know, but... <laughs> Oh, but then no. I'll lay out on the, when I rest. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, would you rather be a seat filler at the Oscars or the Grammys? Oscars. Because maybe I, I will Oscars. sit in like Meryl Streep's seat or I don't know. Right? I, just, I know. Would I would way so rather fun. be. Although I feel like your fashion choices for the Grammys would be more fun. For, for sure. Like Beyonce's mm-hmm. outfits and like Lady Gaga's. Oh, my gosh. Okay, um, let's see here. Would you rather, let's do like three or four more. Okay. Shave your head once or never cut your hair again? Um, shave my head once, yeah. And I want to be sensitive to that agree. question because I know a lot of people like, in, this is like not Involuntary hair loss. Yeah, this is notwithstanding like involuntary, like having to shave your head. And, yeah. Yes, I would, I would rather it. shave my head once. Yeah. Would you rather fly on the back of a dragon or a magic carpet? Dragon. Game of Definitely Thrones. Definitely dragon. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking more like how to train your dragon, but that's, that's the difference sure. between your life and my life. <laughs> Um, would you rather have woodland creatures help you clean your house or magic brooms? Oh, magic brooms would be so fun. Haven't you seen Fantasia? I know it is kind of scary. It is kind of scary. Yeah, Cinderella with little mice. and Yeah, definitely. Much more good. Oh, and the birds are not filled with goodwill. That's true. The birds like fold her clothes. Would you rather have a genie or a fairy godmother? Fairy godmother. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. She can help you like forever. Genie's only three wishes. Yeah. Okay, last one. Would you rather have your farts smell like expensive luxury perfume or your breath smell like fresh baked bread? <laughs> I know you picked the farts one because you want to smell expensive. No, I just was thinking it would be so fun to have your breath smell like fresh baked bread. But we're wearing then, masks right now, so no one can smell your breath. But hey, you would smell it. I know, Imagine you just true. smelling fresh Do you ever think about the, the people who have bad breath that I always think, like, recently in the past year? I'm like, finally, the people who I talk to who have bad breath, maybe they'll finally understand that they have bad breath because they have to smell their own breath. That's the thought that I've had. In the past I was year. actually just talking about this with Brandon last night that, like, I read this tweet that was like, the 2020 version of a Dutch oven is burping in your mask. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so gross, but it's so true. <laughs> That's so gross. (laughs) Gross but true. Oh my gosh. Okay, well on that note, I'm glad you guys are all being left with that beautiful image. Glad you're still here. If you're still here, we applaud you. (laughs) Okay. All right, guys. Well, don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram at joinclair underscore. You can email us at thisisjoinclair at gmail.com. Please send us a message, send us a note, leave us a review wherever you find your podcasts. It's so helpful for us when you rate and review. Yes. Please share our podcast with a friend, share it in your Instagram stories, share it on any, you know, send it in like one of those email chains that's like, if you don't pass this on to seven people, you'll have bad luck. Yeah. (laughs) Do it. It's the best way you can help support us. And we really love that you're here and we're really glad that you are here listening to us and we will talk to you next week. Bye guys. Bye.